All right, duck. What are you doing? Hey, old shug. Where are you going? Who's that lad? Who's that lad? Voice notes, lad. Voice notes, lad. It's Liam. Right, it was a great pleasure to introduce my next guest. Well, also, welcome to the podcast, by the way. I've already messed up the intro. Um, uh, episode number 19 of the Voice Notes podcast, presented to, you, presented to you by our friends, Faster Pasta, Cambridge's premier fresh pasta delivery service. Take two. <laughs> it's a great pleasure to introduce my next guest. She is Nottingham's first young poet laureate, founding editor of Mud Press. This podcast's first official female guest, straight out of Arnold Nottingham, Georgina Wilding. Welcome to the Voice Notes podcast. How you doing? How's it? Thanks for coming. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you're very welcome. Pleasure. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, no, it's been it's, it's like because we've been it's been like a bit of a long process because I messaged you I don't know how it's been like ages ago and then like because it's always in like because if say if you don't follow anyone on Instagram yes it's in those little DMs where yeah. like it's saved for kind of sex workers and stuff yeah. it's like you know yes. you want you want this dick sort of yeah. <laughs> so I thought like but because I I only clocked that once I messaged you and I thought like she's just gonna think I'm another fucking pervert <laughs> just like just thinking just fuck's sake but no once I went into that inbox and saw yours I was like okay this is a normal person I get so many of those weird spam accounts that are like please DM so and so to sponsor no to be a brand ambassador yeah and it's like random like clothing <laughs> lines or like just weird shops I've I've gotten that quite a lot recently. Like, just but we're looking for brand ambassadors <laughs> for uh, you know, like mainly forex traders. Yeah. And um, just like people who like coffee ambassadors and all that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Forex. You get like a discount, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Because yeah, 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 I yeah. thought like because because kind of eyes over like oh my god for the podcast, <laughs> but then I think like oh, it's a scam. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's just it's just low shit. So disappointing. But no, welcome to welcome to the podcast. Yeah, but Nottingham's first young um, poet laureate. Like yeah. obviously. Congratulations! That's been a while, but, yeah, <laughs> but it's like it was a joy. But yeah, no, it's uh, having a like poetry. So like, wagwan, what's going, what's, what's going on? Like, oh, the big question. poetry. Let's let's uh, <laughs> let's smash it. Poetry. What's going on? Oh my God. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot my anthology book from uh, from secondary school. Oh, that was damn. that was. Um, did you ever have a? Because everyone seemed to hated those. Yes. In school. AQA wasn't it? AQA, yeah. yeah. And anthology was like Simon Armitage, Caroline Duffy, yes. all those guys. The great. The great. Was it Jonathan Agard as well? Yeah. Jonathan Agard, yeah. Yes. So um, he was. We actually saw a live. But we did anthology live <gasps> at the Cambridge Corn Exchange room we in school. Yeah. And it was like Jonathan Agard, Caroline Duffy. She was pissed. She's amazing. She didn't give a. She was pissed. She's as a like player. that level of talent. She yeah. doesn't have to yeah. abide to any rules. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> In right. my opinion, anyway, I'm not saying she said that. <laughs> yeah. You know what? A couple of years ago, I got an email from this bookshop, and I, I'm going to forget where it is. But it begins with L, and it's near us. It's not Leicester. It's like hmm. Lenton. Oh, no, not <laughs> Lenton. No, Lenton. You know, there's a lot of poets coming out of Lenton. Yeah, yeah. But um, they said, oh. Like we we know of you, um, we've got an opportunity to put you away. Mm. Caroline Duffy is doing her um, tour. Yeah, it's called the Shore to Shore tour of the UK. She's performing here, and her people have asked for a support act, and we've put you forward. Oh wow, that's so cool. That's sick. I got to perform with not only Caroline Duffy. Yeah. But Jackie Kay. Yeah. Gillian Clark. 
I'm nodding like I know these people, yeah? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Jackie, Jackie Kate! Basically, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was just, it was the most mind-boggling experience because they're people, like you say, you've read and studied in, mm. at, back at GCSE or even yeah. before that, and then suddenly you're on a stage with them. And how old were you then? How old were you when that happened? God, I must have been maybe like 20... Six, twenty-seven. Yeah, so a couple of years so, ago. So yeah, yeah. Was that the first kind of big time when you thought like, wow, this is like sort of pinch me moment? Yes, I think so. I think in terms of like who I've been booked against, I've been. You know what? I've been fortunate enough to be booked against some pretty sick names. Yeah. Um, and so I, you can you kind of try not to take it for granted, but when it starts to become a part of your career, you're sort of like buzzing. Really yeah, yeah. yeah. To go. And you enjoy it and you mm. feel proud of it, but that was a moment that was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. These are like the people that you aspire to write like. There's still like, you've still got to kind of keep a professional head on, but there's yeah. still that little kind of girl, like that's still, that's still like kind of, oh my God, this is like, this yeah. is this is Caroline Duffy, this is, you know. Absolutely. This is, this is the one. After I performed, Jackie Kay was like, oh, um, what was the title of that one poem where you mentioned this, that, or the other? And I said, oh, it, uh, it was called Perspectives. And she sort of went quiet. She nodded, and then she said, "Very good." Oh wow! Like, yeah, Yo! you must have felt ten foot t- yeah. ten foot tall after that. You kind of like, thanks, then, not a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put it on my bio, like <laughs> bragging about. Text it, all your friends. Text, the, text your parents. Like, yeah, she said it was good. She said it was pretty good. Fuck all the public shit. This is all. She said it was sick. Fuck you. Just call everyone who ever doubted you. Like, fuck off. It was, it was really one of those moments. But when was, was, like, poetry sort of, because it's never really, because I remember when, when I was in school, it was always when we were kind of learning about poetry, mm-hmm. when someone that, like, meant, utters the word poetry. Yeah. It's always greeted with, like, a sigh, like, oh, like, groans. I've experienced it, yeah. Like, what was the, like, what made it kind of, because I always appreciated it, but I didn't appreciate it enough to really, like, just yeah. really want it, because it was just always a kind of compulsory thing. Yeah. Um... I won't, I won't. I won't. I won't sit and lie to you. Think I had always had a passion for poetry, but, um, but it was. Well, yeah, but so. what was the thing that sort of caught like your attention and thought like I could. I really like. I, I loved. I loved. I loved doing this. I loved writing my own yeah. poems. And like, when did you realize like these poems are actually quite good? Like yeah. that I'm actually pretty good at this. Well, those two moments were definitely worlds apart. I'll tell you <laughs> sure. um, so when I was at school, same as you, like I. I wasn't particularly obsessed with poetry in any way. I do mm. remember a particular poem that st- stands out to studying, um, but I can't even remember what it was called now, but it was comparing, it was about the war and it was comparing vultures to the people that have to work in like the concentration camps mm. and h- how bizarre it is that, for example, the vultures going around and picking dead bodies and like surrounded by death and then it comes home and cradles its babies and the comparison was the people that are, you know, policing these Nazi yeah, yeah, camps yeah. Yeah. going home and picking up a bag of sweets for their kid on the way home. Like, yeah, yeah. So like, it's to... part of the day job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that memory really sticks out for me. But I, in school, enjoyed English and enjoyed creative writing. Mm. So whenever the teacher would be like, right, we've got a session today, we want you to, I don't know, describe your house or whatever. I loved it. Really, yeah. really enjoyed it. But never made the connection at all. I mm. actually went to uni first time round in... Uh, what 2010 2011 to do forensic science? Wow, I know, I've right. done it as an A level, loved it. Big U turn, yeah, <laughs> yeah. huge, huge U turn. <laughs> but you know what? You'd be surprised some of the similarities, I'll tell you that. Hey. Um, but yes, yeah, so I went to do forensic science, and whilst so I went to Liverpool, um, it which, was which one? 
There's about 10. <laughs> I remember like looking at the options for Liverpool. I was like, bloody hell. Yeah, up. this is how many. So I've got family there and I was thinking like I could go there and like just ah, live with like, because my mum's from Liverpool. Sick city. So, oh yeah. my God. Yeah, so yeah, you just, just get to run free over there. Pretty much, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm yeah, so yeah. jealous. Mm. I adore it. It's like my favourite place. When I, so I did my first year there and realised, okay, this I can't do it. This isn't for me. I was like really struggling. Mm. In the forensics side of things, which is like the policing the evidence, how you collect mm. evidence, blood spatter, I was getting like 70%. Yeah. But in the actual science, like biochemistry, I was getting like 41%. So the practical, you were like yeah. smashing it, and then the, the theory yeah. was just a bit the like... scientific yeah, yeah. knowledge, and anything yeah. to do with math, I was absolutely terrible. Yeah. Um, and so whilst I was there, do you know, obviously, I don't know, I'm saying do you know, everybody knows, the Cavern Club. Yes, yeah, yeah. Right. So Liverpool's got a history of amazing spoken word poets, beat poets, Mm. Um, so there's kind of like a bit of a thriving scene there anyway um, and we we sort of rolled into this cabin club one night and there were people there that were doing spoken word mm-hmm. and I'd not really come across it before but I thought this is sick oh my god and I really enjoyed it didn't think anything of it again and then a friend brought me an anthology as a present um, by Laura Dockrell it's called Mistakes in the Background mm-hmm. and I loved it and I was like, do you know what? I would really, really love to do something with like poetry, this, like yeah. writing. Anyway, the year went on and I decided that's it. I've got to drop out. But I was first of my family to go to uni. So I was like, I really can't fuck this up. Same here. Right? Yeah. The pressure. Well done us, yeah. yeah. <laughs> cheers to us. Yeah, yeah. Cheers to us. Fucking brain box over here. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, my God. <laughs> no, it is a big feat though because, yeah, there's a lot of pressure to... And I don't know about you, but I didn't even think about going to uni until I was doing my A-levels. Neither did I. I. I purely did. I'm not, not sure about you, but I purely did it because I didn't want to miss out. Mm. I was kind of sick and tired of where I was living, where mm. I'm from, because it's like just, it's like, it's Cambridgeshire. So it's like the countryside. Yeah. So it's quite like, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Fens. It's quite a flat place. Mm. And it's just really, it can become quite isolating and quite, mm. if you're just not like, I don't know, it's just, you're kind of desperate for more. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to move away. And like, because I got kicked out of, because we mentioned before, I got kicked out of sixth form in the <laughs> first year. And then I went to a vocational college yeah. to do radio. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I've, I've hijacked this. But, no, <laughs> but like, I went, then I went to, did radio for two years. Yeah. And then in the last year of that radio course, my mates were starting to go to university. And wow. I thought like, I saw how much of a good time they were having. And yes. I was like, I want a bit of that. Yes. I don't really, I didn't really know what I was going to, I thought oh, I'll yeah. just do radio. Yeah. But I just I didn't go for like I went for the wrong reasons pretty much. <laughs> like I just I think a lot of people do. That's yeah. how you fall on your feet for the most part, isn't it? Yeah. You get enticed in and then you come out with a, a degree and an amazing kind of you know, tool to be about. Just experience as well. You've like not only for the educational part, but like you've always got that in your back your back pocket. Yeah. But just life experience as well. Oh my god, one hundred percent. It changed yeah. me definitely. Like you get definitely. to you, you're living away from home. Like yeah. you're fending for yourself. New people, new exactly. Practice. Yeah. It it all counts. It really does. I don't think I'd have. I don't think I'd have come on as much in my life. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to sound like I'm putting people down that haven't been to uni because that's not the case at all. But from from my background, you know, first one to go to uni, everyone had pretty much lived in the same little town. Mm. You know, I think going to uni for me just expanded my thinking. Yeah. I went with some ideas that were challenged, you know. Yeah, exactly. I think better for it. I think it reiterates as well 
like the importance of like getting out of where you're from yeah. just not forever but just for a certain period of time yeah. because I think that did like even though I went to Staffordshire and Stoke which <laughs> is not like the no offense to people from Stoke but it's, just, it's not like the greatest place in the okay. world but like it was like it was a shithole but it was our shithole yeah like I can't it's imagine tribal. yeah for like you for Liverpool like Liverpool's a like really cosmopolitan city now so yeah. it's like um it's just, I don't know, I just reiterated that for me because I look at certain people when I go back home yeah. and they've ne- and they're happy, they're perfectly happy. Like, cool. I don't want to knock anyone, but mm-hmm. I always look, I always think like just people I went to school with, mm-hmm. I remember because there's a, there's a pub called The Townhouse mm-hmm. where everyone goes in our local town yeah. on a Friday night yeah. and it's literally like a school reunion every yeah, single time it. and it's like, everyone's like, oh, how's, how's it going? I remember like, I remember going there one night and everyone was saying, I heard you're doing radio. I was like, I'm only like doing uni. Like, oh, I'm not like on radio one, mate. Like it was, oh. but it was like everyone and I thought like, uh, that, I'm not going to say like it had a profound effect on me. It's like, they're impressed by that. Like I'm only at uni yeah. and I was like, and I'm I'm thinking like would I be like that as well because yeah but it like we were saying earlier it depends on like what you want like what you Definitely. want like in, like fulfillment because yeah like what's your idea of success might not be someone else exactly yeah. but having these experiences where you come out of what is your norm definitely opens your world up mm. and kind of like opens you up to what's possible as well exactly yeah. because not being funny but like at school or like my family none of them would have said oh do you know you could have a career as a poet yeah (laughs) our careers advisor was it was either it was like mechanics or like if you're if you're a girl nursing yeah it was only nursing I I remember thinking like like, you couldn't say like I actually really want to be um, a scientist I really want to be like criminologist like yeah I've got some really good um, leaflets on nursing (laughs) (laughs) actually we've got some (laughs) like (laughs) it was just this woman who was being like incredibly enthusiastic about shit like just like I remember like you're a careers advisor and you're like I suppose it's a tough gig looking back like just look at like I would I would be a bit because you have to especially with teenagers like girls and boys you you you've got a tough you've got a tough crowd anyway and everyone's just like oh this is shit this is go this is this this this, that and the other so it's a bit of a tough looking back you know Shout out to the careers, yeah. but like yeah, at the same time, you, God, had to, same so. time, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just think of something more than like a kid, like a year group full of like two hundred kids, like either nursing or mechanics. Yeah, <laughs> there are two routes and two routes only. It was like yeah. the nineteen fifties. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if it's changed. I hope it has. I hope it has. Yeah. Whenever I teach in schools, I always say. Like, I list the jobs that I've had as a poet and list the yeah. things that I've done and then say to them, so, if you enjoy this, mm. there are so many career opportunities mm. for you. You just have to go out and find them. They're yeah. like brought to you. Yeah, yeah, you have to, um, you've, you've still got to work for it. Like, say, mm. well, you said, you mentioned creative writing. You loved creative writing. Exactly. And that's sort of, like, giving you this, this sort of platform in yeah, the end, isn't it? So definitely. That's 100% that's where the seed started, yeah. Mm. But so when I decided I was dropping out of uni, I knew that it wouldn't be to not get a degree because I was sort of like I just felt like I had something to prove even if it was just to myself like you know all right I had a bit of a rough start growing up or whatever and but I can do it like it doesn't mean it's yeah. not for me mm. so when I decided to leave I came back to Nottingham and I was like right I've done John Moore's I'm going to see if I can go to a red brick yeah see if I can get in because no. you know what it's like this yeah, prestigious yeah, yeah. kind of vibe about them and people think they're a little bit kind of gatekeepery so I thought fuck it I'm gonna see if I can get through the gate yeah. <laughs> and um smash the gate open yeah exactly so um I 
was at college. I went back to college to do another A level because I thought to get into a red brick, I'm going to need more than what I've got. Mm. And whilst I was there, a tutor directed me to this group. He was like, oh, if you enjoy writing and you're thinking of going to uni for creative writing, which mm. is what I, I went to second time around, you should join this collective. They're called the Mouthy Poets. They meet every Friday in Nottingham Playhouse. They put on two shows a year. Mm-hmm. And not only do you get a space to write, but you've also got education. They teach you and, you know, you get different tutoring. So I was like, fuck it, I'm going to go. <laughs> and literally session one, I was like, oh my God, this Hooked. is it. Yeah, yeah, this is it. Hooked. I was terrible. Everything I wrote rhymed because I didn't know how to do anything else. <laughs> so, like, I look back and it's so embarrassing. But it's the journey we all go on. Yeah. Um, it was like the, the first is the worst all the yes, time, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Anything worth doing is worth doing badly. Yeah. Is exactly. Yeah. To live by, yeah. Think. Just listen back to the first podcast of this. <laughs> <laughs> Just, and yeah, that's. Uh, oh, we've all been. There. Should change the episode to that. <laughs> <laughs> the title to that. The, the episode is called the Staggered Intro. Oh, <laughs> cute. So I knew it was going to be shit, but yeah. yeah. Just, but the, yeah, the first time, the first time you ever do anything, but like you had that sort of like that's when it sort of clicked almost. Yes, one hundred percent because because. The people in the group had completely varying levels of like talent and developed writing and also like so such different voices. Yeah. You had people that were writing stuff that was very spoken word performance. They were writing in metaphor and images that you could get in a second because you were yeah. saying it in that second, you know, people had to get it and land and run with you and mm. follow you through this journey. And then you had other people that were writing really short, meticulous um, knife edge sharp pieces of page poetry that, that mm. you could stay with, with the image and absorb it and think Jesus how the hell did they come up with that and yeah. and also like you're working with um, the layout of poetry which is something that I'd never even considered and people were saying oh yeah, I suppose this is so, a yeah. poem so I've done really choppy lines and it's just it's a whole kind of world opening up and it was great for me because it had the rules and the kind of direction and guidance to follow much like forensic science had it was like if you want to do this here's a formula to do it yeah but equally it had that rule breaking aspect Mm. of the arts and of creativity and creative writing so it was a perfect kind of marrying of going all right if i want to learn to write a a sonnet here's the rules to do it but you can't just rely on that yeah you've got to have your creativity to plug it together because a sonnet is completely different to like say just a standard like yeah. regular poem yeah, like I remember because re- remember reading sonnets like in, in the anthology like yeah. this is like I can't remember it was like sonnet 141 or something like that yeah Shakespeare. Shakespeare that's the one oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> see <laughs> it did stick <laughs> if one of my teachers are listening it did stick yeah. <laughs> but um, that was like completely because that was with the style of it was kind of like boxed in yeah. almost because when you look at it it kind of looks intimidating to read almost because yeah. it's just like you know a single a single column like mm-hmm. just like one thing there yeah Whereas everything else, like say if you're reading Simon Armitage, I remember like I really liked his poems because yeah, it was just incredible. very like, and he was great in the live reading as well. Yeah, because he was I just I remember he like he made a reference to like um something like vodka and like in a shower yeah. with a girl or something. Yeah, yeah. It was just because, and then everyone was like, and he was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was um yeah like sonnets. Where was it? Where was I saying like sonnets just looked intimidating, and yeah. I suppose if you're writing one as like from from your standpoint at that time, you're yes. like, this, yeah. Like, it feels formal. It does. Yeah, yeah. And you using the description box, 
yeah. is right because there's a discussion around like when to use form and when not to use form because it does box you in. Mm. And that's great if you've got like an idea that you're struggling to execute. People say force it through a form yeah. and see what happens because quite often you would have to condense your idea or if you're using a rhyme scheme, you have to try and get it to, to rhyme so you use words that you wouldn't normally use and kind of something new is born that you wouldn't have thought of. Mm. However, the other argument is is you're not free to express yourself in the way that you want to yeah. because you've got to adhere to those rules. Yeah. So you kind of pick and choose like a form or free verse or whatever depending on what you're trying to do. So What's there's a real do? method to the whole like well, the structure of it, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I personally don't really enjoy form. Um, it's not something I write in very much. Mm. I've tried um, multiple different... There's a form called a villanelle, which is like, I couldn't even explain to you the rules of how you do it. Cause a, vill- a villanelle? Yes. Is that the cat? Is that yes. the name of uh, your one from... Killing Eve. Killing Eve, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is all the more. Villanelle, yeah. I loved her. Yeah, yeah. Badass bitch for a badass form. Yeah, yeah. Did you watch You watched that, obviously? I, yes. I didn't, I didn't, I never finished that. I watched the, to the bit where, you can spoil it if you like, I'm not... I'm, no, I won't, I won't. But like, I watched, I but I watched the bit because I loved the first season. Yeah. Do you know what I loved? I loved the chase. I loved yes. the chase. It's because the mystery of her. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is like, because Eve, the character was brilliant. And like, the, who's the bloke from... Oh, he got man. stabbed in the nightclub. Oh, what was his name? Bald fellow on the moustache. Yeah. He was in four weddings. Oh, God damn it. Bernard in four weddings, but oh, like, yeah. he was, call him Bernard. But he yeah. was, I remember he got stabbed and she like looked and she looked like they made eye contact. I was like, fuck, this is fucking. Oh, I know. But, that, I the, but the chase, and I was almost disappointed when yeah. she was found. I was like, fuck. I was and like, do you know how that season ended? The first season, yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah. I, I, fin- I came up. To, I think I finished the second season, yeah, because they were in Russia, yes, and she was in Russian jail, yeah. and then she had a kind of hoo ha and stuff, and she was, I, I'm trying. To, it's all mixed up. You I'm, know, she met her mom, and she went to live at her mom's house. No, you didn't get that far. I didn't get that far. Okay. I, she, oh, I, she yeah, met, yeah. she met um, uh, Howard Moon from. Uh, she stayed in his house. Remember the weird guy in the, so- yes. the shopping center, the shopping yes, market. Yes, yes. And you know what yeah, happened yeah. there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. So, yeah, she, it was like... <laughs> you watch it to the end, definitely. I just think it's, it must be still on player, player, mustn't it? Yeah, oh my yeah, God, yeah, surely. Yeah, 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 surely. But that was... Netflix as well, you know? Everything else. Yeah, yeah. it's probably like on my fucking list. Like, it's, just, yeah. it's literally like the list is never ending. I was saying to people at work the other day, like, spend half the time fucking looking for something. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. it's like, no, no, no. no so I might be try something new. Down. Now I'll watch, watch again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's like that meme of that girl. I was like, nah. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, the comfort of rewatching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is a thing. I feel like I'm like the king. Of, I feel like I'm the king of rewatching stuff, but I just, I've just rewatched all this bit. You know what I'm rewatching at the minute? Game of Thrones. Oh yes, oh, yeah. I watched that. I rewatched that at the start of the first lockdown. Yeah. The first, the original Stop lockdown. Everyone. The original lockdown. The yeah. OG. Yeah, the OG. Yeah, <laughs> when everyone was just kind of confused, like everyone thought the army was going to be on the fucking streets. That was a mad time. What is what? Like, as a creative and mm-hmm. someone who's worked who works in the arts and very active in the arts, like, mm-hmm. what was that like? That whole time period be, for you, because for a lot of people, like, just in regular circumstances that it's very like it was just a scary situation like yeah. uh, you know my situation I was put on third I was made redundant mm-hmm. and like but there was always like every now and again like people talking about the arts and like so I've got yeah. friends who have um, who, are, who are aspiring actors mm-hmm. and my, my friend we spoke about earlier his brother is um, an aspiring actor as well mm-hmm. like that must have been and they're sort of 
like airing their grievances on Instagram and oh stuff like that. Yeah. For someone who's actively in the creative arts, like mm-hmm. how mad was that? Like, was that kind of, because I know you mentioned your yeah. schedule before COVID. It's really weird referring to time as before COVID. Because <laughs> oh no. this, it just feels like a world away now. Does yeah. it feel like a weird life that we used to live? But yeah. like, it, it, we reminisce about lockdown one. It feels like a kind of, I feel like a nostalgic old man talking about like our life before. Yeah. This is going to be us when we're old. You yeah, know, yeah. Our parents are like, when I, to school, I had yeah. one shoe and it yeah. took me 20 hours. Yeah, and it cost We're going to be like, you know what it is to be bored. Do you know what I mean? Lockdown. Add, add fish and chip, it cost 20 pence. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's going to yeah. be us. No, it was, a, it was a horrible time. I'm freelance as well. So yeah, exactly. Really so that was, that must have been like just terrifying for you. And like, you know what? Let me just say, right? So the start of that year, the start of 2020, yeah. January, mm-hmm. more or less. My partner, who I lived with of four years, broke up with me. Oh, shit, yeah. And it was really messy. Mm. We also, so I'm freelance, and one arm of my life is my corporate job, which I like to call it. Yeah. Because I'm a learning designer, which yeah. basically just means that I create learning assets online for mm-hmm. other companies, whatever, um, alongside all of my poetry and teaching, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, so we worked at the same place. Which was great. Ah, uh, so it's always going to be a bit... Yeah. yeah. Luckily, we went in the same room, but I went for a phase of, like, if he came in my room, I would know that I was winning if I managed to not make eye contact with him. Yeah, it was yeah. so ridiculous. Yeah. So, um, so, obviously, I couldn't live with him anymore, and for one reason or another, I moved in with my auntie, uncle, and two cousins, and it was the best time ever. Yeah. It was great. I was still busy. You know, I was... At the time, I was still in my role as creative director of Nottingham Poetry Festival. Yes, so, I've, I've buried that in the intro. I should have, no, I should have mentioned fine. it. Yeah, sorry. My turn's done. The, <laughs> they've got a new director now, so. Oh, pff, yeah. they're probably shit. Turn's <laughs> they're, they're probably shit, yeah. <laughs> um, so I was busy, and, uh, you know, as it was sort of January, February by this point, the festival was supposed to have been delivered May time. Mm. So we were really knee deep in figuring everything out and planning and booking and all that. Yeah. And then. So I was moving with my auntie and suddenly lockdown became more and more apparent that it was going to come. Yeah, yeah. So we were like the last business to shut down at, at my corporate job, BYG. Um, and it we thought like, oh, six weeks we'll be out, six weeks we'll be out. But then mm. people started to be laid off. And then I got called in and they basically said, we have to cut your hours. We're going to keep you on, but we have to cut your hours, your contracted hours. And it meant that I was 500 quid short a month, Duh. which was massive, right? Yeah. Then it becomes apparent that events can't go ahead. So poetry festival bosses were like, we can't deliver the festival, so it's cancelled. So that's my yearly wage from that job gone, <clears throat> which is was around 10k. Yeah, that's massive. So in the space of a week, I was living, you know, living with my auntie. Mm. And I've just lost 15k in the first month. Not to mention all the commissions that I would normally be doing. Exactly. Teaching, the gigs and little bars that you get paid for. Yeah. All gone. So, and you know, living with my auntie was supposed to just be an interim before then moving and finding a flat and picking it up. So suddenly Mm. just everything was thrown upside down and it was mental. It really was. Oh, I'm not even... You're not even finished, aren't we? Well. Slow, I'm yeah. slowly. Sorry, I was offering a beer for the for the people <laughs> yeah. who can't see. Drinking, drinking, and drinking. yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, it was really difficult, and then I decided that I was going to set up an online workshop, mm-hmm. which was pay what you could afford. Yep. So every Tuesday night, I'd do like a two-hour 
writing session for anyone who wanted to join and mm. put my PayPal up. And people were so generous. Like yeah. some people could only afford two pounds. Some people were giving me twenty pounds. That's brilliant. You know, people That's great. Were amazing. So that sort of kept the wolves from the door a little. And hats off to you for like thinking like thinking on your feet right there as well because that's that's a massive blow. Like that's huge. Like yeah. I kinda because I obviously everyone's had the different like struggle, but that is that's huge. And like to lose that amount of money, mm-hmm. like just it is it is kind of what like your world sort of it seemed like the sky's falling down Definitely. on you. Definitely. And we didn't know when it was gonna be over. Exactly, yeah. So, that was that was the first one like where everyone was because it did, I remember you said, well, you just previously mentioned, like, people were starting getting laid off. And it yeah. just seemed like a kind of, it was like a slow tide coming yes. towards everyone. Yeah. Because where I worked, it was very, because I remember the night before, this was the last time I was in that office. Yeah. I remember me and my mate who were there was like, oh, this might be the last time we're in the office. And we were like, bollocks, we'll be back yeah. in a couple of weeks. And then we came back, like, a couple of weeks later, I was put on furlough. Yeah. But it was, I remember like from then it just every single week, because we had a company comms every single week, like mm-hmm. each, each week, it was just like more negative, more negative, mm-hmm. more negative. It was just like, yeah. and like for you, like, yeah, like world kind of collided. And... Yeah. The gravity kind of sets in, doesn't it? Yeah. And yeah. As time went on. Yeah. We, I mean, at the corporate job, we thought, you know, six weeks out of office. Yeah. What we imagined. Mm. No, obviously. Here we are. Mm. Still here. We're sat on, we're we're sat here in my kitchen table, my fucking <laughs> work monitors right here. Like it's just Yeah, that's what my house looks like too, don't worry. I shouldn't say the kitchen table, we're in the studio. We're in the studio. Yeah. No, <laughs> we're yeah. in the studio. We're a very professional professional studio. Soundproof, yes. top of the range. Yeah. Not not tinned at all, we're not <laughs> a tin can, but no, that's oh like God. well, but hats off to you for being like thinking on your feet with that because um, I think it's, it well, it shows resilience as well at the same time. But we kind of have to. It's it like, was blind panic. Yeah, yeah, like <laughs> it's just. But there's loads of things that a lot of people have kind of been resilient throughout lockdown mm-hmm. because they've kind of had to. But yeah. there's a lot of people who haven't as well at the same time. But mm. the the creative arts just did seem to be. I mean, the government neglected quite a lot. Oh, like they, you can't really, surprise. you know, and. But the creative arts just seemed to be like, like drop kicked off the roof almost. It was um it was, it was an infuriating time. Did you see that the um because they were so worried about students um preparing for their exams, mm. they said that if if schools want to take poetry off the GCSE exam curriculum, they can. Oh shit. They made poetry optional. Fuck. It was man. infuriating. And it I was about a lot of decision. And actually, by this time, it was, say, August. Yeah. And the PoFest bosses were like, we think we can put something on, mm. virtual, but like studio-based for the hosts. Yeah. Let's do it in November. You've got two months, off you go. <laughs> it was horrendous. It was the most stressful time of my life. But it was fueled by this passion and frustration to say poetry is not and should not be optional. Neither should creative writing, neither should art. They mm. are the only art forms that you're taught in school mm. where you're taught the skills how to think freely. Exactly, yeah. Everything. How many people do you hear in the corporate world say, ah, university students, man, they want everything handed to them on a plate, they need to be spoon-fed at the job. Mm. Right, okay, so then in school you're going to cut out the only subjects that encourage... Um, Greater thinking. Yeah. Being, uh, you know, going out on your own two feet, mm. uh, you know, 
political or personal analysis of what's going on around mm. you. Okay, so we're going to cut that, but you're going to tell everyone the students don't know what the fuck they're doing. And without that, you wouldn't have had the sort of resilience to kind of go to the sort of the playhouse, do what you did there, and like when obviously the shit came down, like yeah. you know, put those creative workshops like via Skype yeah. every week. Like without that, you wouldn't have been able to do that. Like it's Definitely. just it's it, it opens like. Yeah, just well, it's this government in it. We can go on and go on, go on and on, on, on sort that's of thing. A but that's a, yeah, it's a separate. It's, a, it's another issue. Right? We'll have to go to the bar for that. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah. <laughs> no, but like it's just it's it's funny how I'm I'm fascinated how like people like cope throughout lockdown because yeah. remember the first lockdown it was very like it was the unknown because yeah. me and obviously people know Connor from this podcast we were we were here on our own mm. like we're thinking because it was like. Because this time last year it was a heat wave, wasn't it? it was yeah. Lovely. We were just in the garden. Glorious. And we're just no. we're kind of we're sort of like, should we go outside? Should we go? Like, because we didn't move. No one like it's mad that we didn't. And it's quite mind boggling that like everyone did this was in the same boat. Like, because yeah. you know when people go through certain things in their life, if they've had a death in the family, if they've mm-hmm. you know gone through you know a breakup or mm-hmm. lost a job, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. Everyone was in this yeah. kind of together. Yeah. That, but everyone was in this together. But I think as a country i don't think like i'm the i'm of the opinion that we didn't really stick together as a country i don't think like i'm of the i don't think like there's not there's nothing that really brings us together except yeah. football and a royal death yeah, yeah, yeah. um and this sort of notion of everyone saying like oh yeah we the spirit the british spirit's like fuck no, off man it was absolutely bollocks i heard somebody say a great great saying that i think is absolutely true in terms of this last year anyway but also many many other things mm. same storm different boats yeah i yeah yeah i heard that yeah same storm so different true. boats but everyone like in a time where you know we need to look out for each other and we need to do you know everything but we well yeah pretty much just look out for each other i'm mm-hmm. not going to try and spin up i've got a big enough vocabulary <laughs> <laughs> but everyone just sort of it was Everyone did the opposite. Yeah. Well, look at the, the whole toilet roll flower pasta. It was like every man. Oh my off. days! <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it was just disappointing. It brought it, out the worst. It really did. But we went to um a test. We went to Tesco and Beeston, like the big one, mm-hmm. and that was fucking emptied. That was there was a yeah. there was a um a fucking the toilet roll section. Yeah. There was a bouncer. Yeah. And there was a cordoned off. It was cordoned yeah. off. Because it's like one set per family or whatever. Exactly, it, is. it was it was crazy just like walking around a, a massive like big superstore like that and it's literally empty. Yeah. Like literally. It was scary. It was apocalyptic. It was. It was. It was a bit like, <laughs> and I remember that because it was weird for us because we went to Germany a, a month before mm-hmm. and we went to this carnival and we were like wow. having a fucking great time. Yeah. And when we saw this lad at the airport wearing a mask and we were like fucking hell, what's it was? Yeah. It's because I know I know someone who's in who was in Vietnam. Yeah. Or she's still in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was saying I'll oh, be careful out there because obviously you know proximity, close proximity to China. And then yeah. she was saying like, because she was doing a TEFL course, mm-hmm. and she's like saying, "Oh, we're not being, we, we can't teach the kids. They're they're cancelling because of COVID." Yeah. And we were like, "We're like, it's Cheltenham yeah. Festival today. Yeah, like everyone's everyone's go- everyone's going down there, and like you know, Boris Johnson's rejecting to go to Cobra meetings." But oh, for God's sake, five, <laughs> you're to five. Oh my God. Triggered a nerve there. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell we've had a few. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell we've had a few. Yeah. But um. No, it was just like everything was. It seemed quite early because everyone's attitude was like, "No, nah, we'll be fine. Yeah. We'll be all right. We'll yeah. be fine." Yeah. It would just, you know, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be gone in a week. Yeah, it'll be yeah. gone in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And yeah, now look where we are. Like it's just, yeah. it's ridiculous. I did see um uh, a, a thing 
it was a Guardian USA mm-hmm. article, and it was like it was it was you know those things where it was like a Twitter thread, but people obviously commented on it. And I don't like this person. It's Gwyneth Paltrow. It oh, was. Yeah. Uh, it was. The headline was like Gwyneth Paltrow broke down and ate bread during quarantine. Oh. What was your lowest point? Oh. Someone commented, "I lost my job and my mother died." Yeah. <laughs> I just, but I don't know why I bellowed laughing at, but it's just like. No, but, but that is absolutely laughable. Same storm, very different vibe. But that goes. Remember that Gal Gadot? Was it Gal Gadot who said that imagine like the Imagine song? Oh my imagine god! Imagine the, po- the, the, the the fucking pomposity of like these celebrities. Oh. Like, but there's never been like, because there's, because people say like, oh yeah, I've stuck to, nobody's really, everyone's bent the rules to a certain degree. Yeah. But like for the uber rich though, like there's never been rules mm-hmm. because they can just do what they want. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, it goes without saying, but In yeah. any situation with anything ever, I think it's always that way, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. And it's, it's, it's sort of like, well, this, this country especially, like we've come from poetry to this, <laughs> to say it, but <laughs> like. It is, yeah, it is. It is. And you know, one of the things that came up in COVID times was, again, the amazing Carol Duffy yeah. and Manchester University. They set up a project called Right Where We Are Now mm. and they emailed kind of contemporary poets to contribute to a massive writing project that they're archiving, so will be around forever, mm. for poets to document this time. Yeah. So I didn't know that. That sounds sick. Check it out. It's amazing. Um, I will just do a humble brag and say she emailed me and I nearly died. Like, Mm. can you imagine you're sitting at your like not a big deal, (laughs) and you look down at your phone and the email address is Cyril. Cyril drops from your mouth. (laughs) It's like, like, oh my god. (laughs) Yeah, that was that was so sick. But yeah, she she messaged and and said we're doing this and would you like to contribute? And I said, "Uh, yeah. That's class. Oh my god. So I wrote this this poem for them, um, celebrating green spaces. It was kind of a double-edged sword because it was um I'd just been commissioned um through an amazing theatre in Nottingham, Lansdowne Theatre, mm. um to work with a client of theirs to celebrate the green spaces in Nottingham and how yeah. because in lockdown one we all flooded to the parks, didn't we? And we yeah. And walks every day. Exactly. And trying to be outside. Um, so I had this piece brewing about green spaces and how green spaces have had to like can reconsider themselves just like we have blah 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 mm. um so i i wrote that piece and, and sent a version of it off to to that project and it's just amazing to see that again in times of crisis in times of social political change and need let's face it artists are there yeah exactly artists are saying yeah what maybe you know you know, the BBC can't be totally honest and brutal because they're considered biased. Everybody's having to be careful. Look at look at what happened to Emily Maitlis. Like look at you know when she said what she what what she said what she was thinking, and yes. then they took her off the air the other night. Yeah. Like the, the next night, so like yeah. it's. But there was an uproar about that, wasn't there? People, oh yeah, yeah. Well, back. quite rightly. It shouldn't have happened. Yeah. It shouldn't have happened. But the BBC are in the pockets of the fucking government as well. Oh. But like, but it goes go back to what you said. Like, yeah, real creatives, not these fucking oinks like Gal Gadot and all that stuff. Yeah. Like singing like. I just the pomposity of most people is just it's like, but like the Uber rich is just it is fa- it, yeah. it's not fascinating it's just like it's well it's of... just how can you be so out of touch exactly yeah like when the internet exists mm. when like you can literally go anywhere and be anywhere you yeah. choose to but these people have been removed from natural, like like complete like normal life and stuff 100% yeah like 100%. yeah which is why yeah. teaching art teaching poetry mm-hmm. is so important because mm. it brings a perspective uh, it's a tool to kind of analyse and question what you're told and question, you know, 
what's happening around you in a way that other subjects just don't teach you. Mm. I mean, history, it's just one version of events. Yeah, exactly. You're not taught to, mm. to question or think, actually, did that happen or... Well, not mm. with your GCSEs anyway. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> we learned in history and GCSE, we did um, World War One and World War Two, mm-hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we did the history of medicine. Uh-huh, yeah. We all felt like medical students. It was quite, <laughs> it was quite, it was quite cool. So did you hear about the, uh, <laughs> just, oh the ligatures uh, and worth pari? Yeah, <laughs> just, so this was like a bit like Greek mythology as well. It was, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we had like that. just the, it was like obviously penicillin and all that stuff, yeah. like Joseph Lister. I'm probably butchering most of it now, but like, I remember one like Andreas Vesalius mm-hmm. and Amboise, Amboise Paré, mm-hmm. not Ambrose. Oh, not, yeah, I'm, okay. I'm cultured, all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm living near Beaver right now. Yeah. And it's spelt like Belvoir. Belvoir. <laughs> yeah. Hilarious. There's, there's Mrs. Bucket lived there as well. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Lady Bouquet, yeah. Exactly. It's just, just now I'm there. Anyway. Belvoir. <laughs> yeah. That's quite oh good. Where'd you live, Doc? Beaver. Yeah, <laughs> the Vale of Beaver. The Vale of Beaver. It's just, it's embarrassing really, isn't it? but there you go. <laughs> but with the lockdown, obviously, like, with the kind of declining of the creative arts, is like, did you take, obviously, you had to take the rough with the smooth, but yeah. how, like, did you continue those workshops every single week, or was that just kind of... Yes, I did. I did continue them every single week until the Poetry Festival bosses said, you've got two months to do a festival, you mm. can't do anything that you planned previously, off you go. Yeah. And then it was like, I really can't do the two at the same time as well as the corporate job mm. um so yeah i stopped them i stopped them then and, and picked the festival back up as best i could um to deliver that which was so disappointing you know because it's a two two year turned role yeah so your first year in the role you're kind of learning the ropes a little bit and you know you're figuring out how do you contract people if what's a normal fee, what's a ridiculous fee, you know, if somebody asks me for yeah. four grand, is that normal, is it not? You know, yeah, yeah. You're figuring out so much as well as programming and promoting and, oh my God, it's crazy. So then when it came into planning for year two, I had this huge festival planned. We had so much exciting stuff to come. We had like wrestlers <laughs> who were going to be dressed as poets from back in the day, so like the Byron and whatever. Hulk? And as let me tell you something, brother. Hulkamania with like a sonnet. <laughs> I'd imagine like one wrestler picking up another wrestler and as they hold him in the light before they smash him, they're like, you know, what light from yonder window breaks and then they smash their like, heads through Ave chair. Maria. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. A lot of wires exactly. going on, yeah, yeah. So we had stuff like that programmed. We had amazing collaborations with different, you know, artists and schools, music. We had like big networking things where we were pairing different organisations in Nottingham mm. poetry group. It was just, oh, I'm so heartbroken. It's going to be so good. Mm. And then it all got cancelled. And then when it came to doing an online version, I was like, what can I do? What feels important? Mm. So obviously with everything that was happening with them making poetry optional, I was like, education, 100% I'm yeah. doing. We're having, we're stripping back our headliners to four. Normally you would have like, double that if not more oh really um and then we'll have headline educators and we'll uh, just run a whole school through the program which was actually we got a hundred percent positive feedback on every single one of those oh well, um, well done you that's that's that's, that's brilliant that's like i'm so proud of it honestly I'll, yeah i'll take it with me because i feel like it was i think people needed it as well you know because by that time we'd had what eight months of lockdown if not yeah. more God, and people like... wanted to try to like 
turn their creative brains on a yeah. day, create something, join something that felt like enjoyable. Yeah. Rather than sitting watching Netflix every And was that, was that, was, was November the period when like, so I remember it was like the summer was eat out to help out and yeah. then everything opened that didn't really help out anyway. Oh, and no. then oh, like no. November was like the begin like because everyone November hits, everyone's talking about Christmas anyway. Yeah. Like that was sort of the time when we weren't re- were we in lockdown? But because I know not Nottingham especially was terrible. Like we I don't know it was yeah, it wasn't November, wasn't it? Yeah, it because was. I remember end of October, because it was Connor's birthday. We went out for drinks on his birthday. We went for a meal, mm-hmm. and then I went out with my ex girlfriend to a, like we went for a sit down meal. The last ever night we went, mm-hmm. to, we managed to get like a place in the last mm-hmm. ever night. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, just it was, that was from like late October mm-hmm. to well, like a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Pubs have been pubs and restaurants have been able to restaurants have been open for takeaway. Yeah, but pubs especially like in a big city like Nottingham. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a that that is a big you know especially around like lead up to Christmas that's a lot of that industry's like take home like that's a like when you when you stop and think about that when when obviously in Nottingham especially like that is that's a massive like you're basically chopping the you're you're chopping the right leg off and just saying like you know run like you're asking someone to run aren't you so Mm -hmm. and when and you can tell because obviously I'm from down south but I can I can understand you know obviously. You wouldn't class yourself as a northerner because mm. I know people from yes, the mid. Definitely not. Everyone from the Midlands has a bit, you know, a bit of a, uh, you know, um, anything north of Birmingham. So <laughs> <laughs> for me, it's you know, you're a northerner. But yeah. I think you know, I do have a lot of sympathy for people up north because I understand their grievances about yeah. London because it is unfairly prioritised. Yes. And for but for good reasons, well, because obviously it's the it's the, the economy kind of capital the mm-hmm. and is the capital of the country. But when they're allowed to go drinking mm-hmm. and socializing mm-hmm. you know and spreading mm-hmm. we're here you know in you know and we're, we're only nottingham when it's not in like further north where yeah. it's a lot what lot places a lot worse off so mm-hmm. i can definitely understand i can i can i can sympathize maybe not understand fully but i can mm-hmm. i can sympathize as well and obviously with a bunch of you know lefty liverpudlians as a family yeah, <laughs> so, yes. you know it's, it's, i'm with you I'm yeah 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 but i think but that's the same that's the same across so many different um kind of i don't know genres of industry if you like because even years ago i'm not quite sure how many years ago but definitely in the last sort of 10 the arts council decided to create a new policy for themselves that there was too much arts council funding going into london and they must oh, wow. work harder to spread it across cities further north. And that's a good thing that they've acknowledged, they've acknowledged yes. that. I mean, oh God, Arts Council are amazing. So many of us wouldn't even have survived lockdown if it weren't for Arts Council and their, their funding. But I think that it goes to show you that whatever this situation is with the north-south divide, yeah, yeah. or if you want to be more specific, London and then everywhere else. Yeah, pretty much, it's yeah. Just, it's apparent in everything, in everywhere. Do you know... I was a couple of years ago. I was doing a um, a gig. I was booked. It was actually for Penguin, which is ah, very exciting. Big up, right? That I felt really fancy. Loved it. Not the chocolate bar. Yeah, no. <laughs> just, although I would love that. The publisher. Also. Yeah. yeah. Imagine a gig for Penguin, the chocolate bar. <laughs> that would be right just a bunch of big wigs and chocolate game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but of course their headquarters are in London, and they had this guy there come down, young guy, and um, I was with my friend, an illustrator, who. 
she travels all over the place for her work and the guy's like oh, i'm sure I've, i'm sure i've met you before weren't you weren't you in manchester for something or for something or manchester. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and she was like no 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 i was that was nottingham yeah that was nottingham a couple of weeks ago and he's like oh manchester i'm nottingham same thing <laughs> We, oh my god! Never want to punch someone more in my life. I met like you, rude prick. I went when I went to you when I, before I went to you. Know, I worked on the checkouts at Tesco. Yeah. And you meet like it was like a massive Tesco, and obviously just outside of Cambridge, so you're gonna get like quite a few, like you know, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So like there was this guy. And he was like, he goes, oh, what about you, young man? What do you got on right now? What's, oh, what's... And I was like, oh, I'm about to go to uni. Like, um, it's gonna... I'm really excited. He goes, oh, we're, we're about, we're about to go to university. I was like, I'm about to go to Staffordshire University. He goes, we're about to that. It's our northwest. Um, it's like northwest Midlands, but it's in the Midlands. Mm-hmm. It's like very, like it literally smack bang in the middle of like Manchester and Birmingham. Yeah. And he goes, oh yeah, yeah, the Midlands. <laughs> but he said like, yeah, yeah, the Midlands. Oh, it's like yeah, the Midlands, yeah. Fantastic. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, it's like it's, such a thing. Oh god, it's just it, oh, that. Well, it's that English ignorance as well. Like it's it, because it goes back to like because I know I, you know I don't know it's just is that English. I think yeah. Brexit as well has got a big thing to that because mm-hmm. I've I don't think we've ever been so divided ever. Like obviously yeah. in my twenty eight years, like yeah. <laughs> I've never yeah. known such a thing. I think Brexit, like some people say, like I remember hearing this um, podcast about this guy, this Irish broadcaster called mm-hmm. Joe Brolly, and he's kind of divides opinion in Ireland mm-hmm. um, quite a lot. But I, I quite like him. I think he's he's a big kind of GAA man, which mm-hmm. is the Gaelic football and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he talks a lot about community mm-hmm. and the foundation. That's what's important about the GAA, mm-hmm. and you know, the cornerstone of any kind of society, he says, is community. Yeah. And he goes, England is just a kind of country of, you know, fuck you, like, you know, it's yeah. just it's every man for himself. And he yeah. said, and he mentioned, like, my my dad even says, which is going along like what Joe Brawley said, you know, Joe Brawley said, like, the war didn't really do anything for that. Yeah. And my, my dad thinks it goes back to the empire. Wow. Which is, you've got a point there, because yeah. it is pretty much, because we've like, ruled the world for a while, but, like, because... This is what we were talking about earlier when like it just brought out the worst in people this yeah. this pandemic because people's like, Well, why should I fucking do this? Why should I why should I wear a mask? And why should I, you know, mm-hmm. well, what's a mask do? Mm-hmm. And like, do you obviously like you must have met these people as well? Like, oh just, my god, everyone's met these people, work but, with people like that, yeah. Jesus Christ. But like, these people, I remember working this one bloke and he was just <laughs> people who don't wear, especially anti maskers, mm-hmm. like you could not believe it. Mm-hmm. I get that, whatever. But at least you wear it for like a kind of basic, you know, considerable of other people. Of other people. Yeah. And this guy always fucking planned out. I was like, well, I wouldn't fucking talk to my nana like that. Yeah. I was like, well, why don't you fucking put a mask on, you <laughs> stupid cunt, and yeah. fucking protect your nana? Yeah, like, yeah. it was just, abs- I was like, that, but they think they've got it clued up. They think yeah. like, well, you don't know this, mate. Yeah. If, if they think they've got it all clued up. They think Blinded, it's that whole thing like, oh, so you're, t- is this what these people say? It's like, oh, you're, so you're telling me. What yeah. you're trying to say is, yeah. that's that they always so regurg- regurgitate those, but. It's sickening. It is sickening. But it like, is. go back to what like Joe Brolly said, like the cornerstone of that, like, because he gave his kidney away to wow. like a bloke who was, who, who was a GAA man. Uh-huh. And he goes, that was good enough for me. Mm-hmm. And he goes, because the whole point of GAA is like, he goes, I don't know you, but I know you. Like yeah. it's a kind of community yeah. thing, and like I know, yeah. I know a lot of people like because because in Ireland it is like a religion, it's like a kind mm-hmm. of it's like the church GAA, sort of <laughs> like, but um, I know it's just it, but he divides a lot of opinion, but that kind of struck a chord with me because it just really does because he kind of defined England mm-hmm. and 
described it to me as an Englishman. Yeah. Like as as perfectly as possible. Yeah. But but a lot of people will listen to that. Not to say I'm more refined than anyone else. I'm no, not saying that. I'm not, I'm not pumping my own tires that much. But <laughs> yeah. Like I think it's just important to that we lost all sense of that yeah. during the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This was coming, but I remember saying, I think that with anything in situations like this, arts are always the most important thing to look to, not only for comfort and distraction. I mean, mm. I sit, sit down and watch their TV every night, yep. listen to their music, you know. Um, arts are kind of going to always be there, mm. even if they are underfunded, stripped back, we're on our knees, we're struggling, you are still going to get those artists in their bedroom painting, poets in their bedroom writing, musicians jamming, you know, making art that documents the time and questions the people in power and the decisions mm. that are being made. And I think that that's one of the most important things that I've definitely learned mm. since Brexit came up and then now obviously in the pandemic is it's so important in a society to have people, artists, that can speak freely yeah, and can question those decisions and say, mm. this is, you know, this is fuckery. It's our, it's our <laughs> recreation. It's what people love to do, isn't it? Like, everyone loves going to, you know, even like something small like the cinema. Yeah. Like, you know, playing like open mic nights, you yeah. know, just going to see your favourite band, yeah. favourite comedian. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's you know, every recreational person is an escape from your normal life you know just the, the young lad in his bedroom the young girl in the you know bedroom like mm-hmm. playing guitar or whatever mm-hmm. or doing poetry that's their escape from the real world yeah and it's kind of been almost like from the government neglecting that yeah it's kind of taking that away it's yeah. taking that sort of creative, creative spark away well but, the theatres really struggled didn't they i mean that was just absolutely yeah. insane you know mm. they were saying how is it that the restaurants can open to eat out to help out but theatres can't. I know, yeah. Like it just, it just, mm. it just felt like it wasn't even considered. But then the same thing happened with the beauty industry, didn't it? There was a point where they were like, "Yeah, barbers can open, but you know, um, brow and lash bars can't." And yeah. Nail and they're the can't. they're the safest place. They always wore masks anyway. Right. <laughs> they were COVID proof before COVID. It's just like it was. It was you know undercover sexism. Hundred mm. percent. You know, you don't know your own biases. I'm not saying it was intentional, although maybe it was. Mm. Um, but those industries are predominantly female populated mm. and also propped up by women. Yeah. You know, more or less. Mm. Um. So it, that definitely felt like another divide, another yeah. 
another thing to be feeling, you know, pushed out by and to question and to feel like, God, does every week have to be a new argument? Yeah, exactly. It was just mm-hmm. kind of, it, I remember seeing, um, it was in the middle of the pandemic. It was on Mansfield Road because, you know, there's like umpteen barbers on yes. Mansfield Road. Yes. Um, and I saw this new salon. Mm-hmm. Like it was obviously this woman had like, you know, it was a big welcome party. Mm-hmm. But obviously not the big one they would hope they're like balloons and everything yeah and it's called it's called the lady garden which mm-hmm. i quite, yeah. i find quite funny yeah. <laughs> yeah. i always think when i hear the word lady i think of like little like, lady garden yeah. <laughs> yeah. and they were like all they were i think it was, it was a like a beauty place mm. now that's completely cl- that was six months ago I know. that's crazy I know. it is a mental mental time mm. thank god it looks like we're coming out of it to an extent hopefully. touch wood yeah <laughs> bang that fucking wood you never know <laughs> Never know what's around the corner. But back a bit about poetry, and obviously mentioned in the intro, you're Nottingham's first young poet laureate. Mm-hmm. Not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> like, how did that come about? Like, what and obviously that opened a lot of doors for you. Like, oh, yeah. what? Like, talk to us about like, the process of that. Like, mm-hmm. obviously from the start, like you've mentioned, like you know, uh, for it, like uh, workshops in the playhouse. Obviously, mm-hmm. lit dropping out of uh, uni and stuff like that, and like, mm-hmm. led you to this place, but. Mm-hmm. Like, could you ever, in your sort of wildest... So when I first read that, I was like, that's that's quiet. Yeah. That's, that's very... It sounds very prestigious. Yeah. It's very, like... Exactly. And it is. It's, like, it's, it's a big yeah. thing. Like, yeah. and what does, like, what does a poet laureate mean? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. but what does, like... Well, just ex- describe that experience. Yeah. That's okay. just a, that's a crazy thing. Yeah. So, I'd already been performing for... So, probably 2017. So, what, like, six years... May-ish, as a poet, being paid, going on bookings, teaching a little bit. That was already my life anyway. Yeah. And I decided I was going to drop out of my day job and go freelance so that a few days a week I could put towards, at the time, my publishing house mm-hmm. and also my career as like a gigging poet. Yeah. Um, and then in the sort of months run up to that, there was a call out from Nottingham City of Literature. Yep. I don't know if you know, but we're a UNESCO City of Literature, which is very fancy. Um, <laughs> and they said, um, we have decided to run this project. We want to have a Poet Laureate for Nottingham. And I saw it and I thought, Poet Laureate, fuck off. <laughs> I did. I really did. If you think of Poet Laureate, who's you think of? Who's the Poet Laureate of Britain yeah. right now? Simon Armitage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've already written before, like Caroline Duffy. Okay, yes, I can relate to her much more. Your mates, your best pals, oh, yeah. Bezzy Maras, yeah. Oh my god, I wish. Probably doesn't run around. You have curls in your hair, drink wine, or also. <laughs> yeah. Face packs. Yeah, I was like, oh no, poet laureate. That's like old, old, like posh white guy, isn't it? You know, mm. that's not me. That's definitely not the style of poetry I write. No. Yeah. And then friends and colleagues were, and family members even, were messaging me or bringing the flyer to me saying, you should apply for this. Like, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So I thought, that many people have told me to apply. Fuck it. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll do it. And the more I kind of researched the role and read about what they were trying to do with the role, I thought, you know what? I would really love to do this. And mm. suddenly it was all I could think about. And I spent weeks on this application you had to do. Yeah. You had to write about your background, what you do in poetry now, what you would like to see poetry do. It was a really kind of in-depth application. Mm. And I just I just wrote from the heart and I had friends mm. helping me edit it and, you know, move paragraphs around. And eventually I got the call to say that I'd been 
shortlisted. Yeah. And I'd made it to the final four. You're going to the judges' houses. Oh my God, <laughs> that's exactly what you're, I was like. You're going to Marbella. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. No, it was the <laughs> Angel Brewery. That's what I was like. Yeah. Um, and so the kind of final phase of it, we weren't judged on this night, but I think it just helped, um, was then seeing you perform. Yeah. So the Angel Brewery, I've never seen it so mm. far. Oh, wow. Life. People were having to sit on the floor. People were, as you were standing reading, you were touching people's feet. Oh, wow. Cross-legged. I'll show you photos. After Old school. Packed. Yeah. Um, Nerve-wracking. They did names out of hats which one of us would perform. Oh, my God. All my family were there. My family, trust me when I say, don't give a shit about poetry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and whenever I read them anything, they're like, no, no, it's gone over my head. I don't know. Yeah. But they're the most supportive people ever. Anyway, so they were there, and it was just the most nerve-wracking thing. And I got up and... Gave it my all. I mean, even like my manager was there for my corporate job, work. Oh, wow. Amazing. And then maybe like a week, two weeks later, my I was ill. I was off work ill on my sofa, literally like tissues everywhere. And my phone rang and I saw that it was Sandy, Sandeep Mahal, who is the director of Nottingham City of Literature. Yeah. And I thought, oh, this is it. This is it. And I answered it, and she was like, Johnny, hello, I'm like, how are you? And I was like, I'm well, thank you, how are you? Like, pushing no. myself <laughs> out, you know. Yeah, literally, yep. <laughs> trying to sound like I had a voice, you know. Yeah. And she was like, well, um, I'm just ringing to say congratulations. And the world stopped. Oh, my like God. I went blind, deaf, and dead all at once, really. I just sort of broke, like, my body took a screenshot, you know. Like, That's sick. And she said... You, it's you, you've done it, you've got it. You're That's a poet laureate of Nottingham. Man. I was like, yo! I feel, I'd just quit my job, I'd just gone freelance, I was just starting out and I Man. fucking got it. It was Wait. the best. I'll never, I'll never forget that moment. And then once I'd finished talking to her and understanding what was coming and you know the contract that she'd sent through and what was required of me, I rung my grandma, yeah. who was in... Top shop with my auntie Diane. Yeah. And I was like, Grom? And she was like, George? And I was like, Grom, I got it. And she sort of went, oh, and then she's shouting over Top Shop, Die! She got it! She got it! It was like you could hear them shouting in Top Shop. It was the just, oh my God. That's amazing, brilliant. Amazing moment of my life. It really, really was. And then obviously the weeks went on and I met with Sandy and the rest of the team, Leanne um, Moden and Matt Turpin, who are angels. Mm. Um, and they explained to me more about the role. Yeah. So the role itself was kind of double-pronged. So really, you were, you had to be an ambassador of poetry for the city. Yeah. You also had to write commissions for organisations all over the city to mm-hmm. try and give a voice to organisations, people, circumstances that might not ordinarily have a voice. Yeah. So it was so challenging. Yeah. Um, it was full. I, honestly, I didn't stop for two years. It was madness. I was teaching just, it felt like out of my arse by the end of it. <laughs> I was so exhausted. And writing to commission for all sorts of different briefs, all sorts of different people, mm-hmm. for the universities, for the radio station, for private companies. I saw one friend to you the other day on YouTube. Yeah, that was like, you really? walking through the. Because I, I, I was picking out, so I was listening, I was like, when, I wonder where she is. It sounds like it looks like, proper familiar because like, yeah. everyone like. But um, I saw the one for um, NTU and obviously yeah. the one for on the Nottingham website. Yes. Is, yeah. um, that is like, because obviously being from Nottingham, it's just, um, obviously you take 
a like huge amount of pride being from this city. Like I think yeah. most people do. Like yeah. when you're from this city, because oh, it's just it's just a great place. Uh-huh. Like that must have made your job easier, like because yeah. if you're if you're from maybe Wakefield, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's unfair with people of Wakefield, <laughs> <laughs> but like that's just it must have made it easier having like this backdrop of a of a, of a really yeah, great yeah, city. Yeah. Like you know what I will say, yes and no. Actually, oh wow! Because if you think about it, so I was being booked by lots of different organisations in Nottingham, whose primary goal was to have this poetry almost as a piece of marketing. To celebrate them, to yeah. celebrate maybe what programme they're setting up, to celebrate Nottingham as a city. And so, obviously, yeah. you are only going to talk about the good. Yeah. So, by the time my term was coming to an end, I started to feel frustrated having to keep write, mm. r- keep writing poems that felt like we were only discussing the good parts of Nottingham and perhaps the idealised um, goals where we would hope to be exactly and i felt i feel very much like nottingham is such a patchwork city mm. you know you've got town the city center yeah you've got saint anne's yeah you've got Harrison green mm-hmm. you've got mappy park exactly yeah. do you know what i mean it's, yeah. it's not all all is all are pretty much stones throw from where we are right yeah. now yeah like... it's all right next to each other yeah you yeah. can get everywhere within the space of you know half an mm. hour 45 minutes really like we're we're very close to ice and green yeah like, it's just like in yeah. well it's i just... lived in forest fields for like five years mm. or all whilst i was poet laureate so yeah when i got the chance to write poems that were for myself they were very much poems that were comments on social living mm. life you know what was going around it felt like social journalism almost because i wanted to document two sides of the coin yeah and you know my living and and my experiences as well you know i yeah. grew up in arnold but i grew up with my grandparents from the age of about 12 yeah um because well for lots of reasons but i was living with my mum and my stepdad for the first sort of well Mum and stepdad for about six years, I think it was, um, mm-hmm. and then my grandparents ended up taking me in because it just was a disastrous arrangement. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I kind of wanted to talk about me as well. I wanted yeah, to talk yeah. about that, and and part of the laureate role, which was amazing for me and so rewarding, was getting to go into schools or work with refugees or work with kids in care mm-hmm. and say you know what, when I was at school doing my GCSEs, I was living with my grandparents, things were not good at home, I didn't know I liked poetry, I wasn't particularly good at school, mm. and it, just because you have a start that maybe isn't like the textbook shiny polished start, yeah. doesn't mean that you can't go on to achieve something that feels not for you. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's only in your head to an extent, I know we all have social barriers of course but yeah you know when i saw that job role for poet laureate i was like that's not me mm. I'm, not, I'm not middle class even if i tried yeah yeah, yeah. You know? but thankfully the people around me were like don't be a fucking idiot go mm. and do it and some kids don't have the people around them to say don't be an idiot go do it so i loved in that role being able to be the person to say don't be an idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't do it. Yeah. You know, it was really rewarding. Because I suppose like that's a good thing as well to highlight because, you know, these companies want you to highlight the, the good things about Nottingham. Obviously, mm-hmm. you're from Nottingham. You know the you know the good as well as the bad. Yes. And that should be highlighted mm-hmm. as well as the good because, mm-hmm. like, you know, it's, you know, you want to fix those problems. Mm-hmm. Nowhere's perfect, but, you know, yeah. Nottingham does have a lot of problems. Like, yeah. but And that should be a part of, like, you know, mm. well, what, what you sort of write. Like, I can, and I can understand that's frustrating because mm-hmm. it just... You must be thinking like this is not really like the fluffed up world I've you know yes, I've known all my life. Definitely, yeah. 
hundred percent. And of course, I understand who want. No one would ever. Yeah, no one's piece of marketing to say the negative. Of course, they would. No one's going to want to hear about you know stabbings and stuff like yeah, that. You know, it's of course. Just, I mean, you wouldn't. No. But that's why I was so grateful that I had my personal writing and me gigging as just me. You know, not always as the poet laureate of Nottingham. But yeah. Just a name on a lineup mm. to be able to share the stuff that's written from me because they're worlds apart. They're, mm. they're like very different. Um, content um so it was a great lesson in learning how to write to grief yeah someone says to you like you know it's got to include this and it's got to be about this and you've got to please the stakeholders so it needs to say this and this and this ah, i see you know so, so we've, we've to... told them this this and that you have to say yeah right? yeah, yeah you have yeah. to deliver yeah but it'd be like you know one of the poems that i remember doing it was like we need to sell nottingham to other businesses and investors to try and get them to have the headquarters here so yeah we need to talk about the industry that's already here so you must mm. mention uh, you know yeah, yeah. Like universities and yeah, yeah. the famous dance studios and the famous you know tv workshop torval and dean all uh, those yeah, guys yeah carl exactly. Frotch gets a mention like, yeah. how do you thread all of that stuff into one coherent narrative yeah it's like a real challenge mm. um so it was definitely learning on the job. 100%. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And does that, like, writing for, is it writing for commission, sorry? Is it, mm-hmm. or, does that, in a way, obviously, being a poet laureate is like, a mate, like, the story sounds great. Like, mm-hmm. it's just a real sort of, like, you know, it, the, 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 it always seems like, you know, the good things in life comes, like, when you're, like, say, like, you said you were full of cold and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah. You're kind of not expecting it whatsoever. You're like, oh, hey. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but that's, that's, like, a really cool story. But like, does that almost like is a bit of a double edged sword because, you know, whereas you're used to creative freedom almost as a freelancer and working for other companies, yeah. does this almost like is it fair to say does it zap some of the creativity away from it if you're? No, I don't think so, mm. and I'll tell you for why. You have to think in a completely different way to what's natural to you to be able to write in metaphor, simile, beautiful imagery mm. and include the jigsaw puzzle pieces you're being told to do. Yeah. So it actually, I think it really brought me on as a writer. Mm. And once my term came to an end, obviously I was heartbroken, but straight away I was like, I'm going to write a book. I've got to write yeah. my debut collection. Hey. I want to write my my voice my exactly me as a poet not me as a laureate mm. um so georgina yeah poet, yeah. Georgina poet, yeah, yeah isn't it like just me who i am so i wouldn't say that it was a double-edged sword as such but that, that it was hard yeah it was hard like you were saying earlier poetry is often met with a sigh yeah. i was getting booked by schools of all you know to teach kids of all ages obviously teenagers were the hardest mm. and i remember one school I worked with in a city school it snowed and every other school in the city had a snow <laughs> in the school and yeah. who did they bring in? Me. Yeah yeah. They make me do the assembly. Oh, did they? The assembly. Oh my days. Please tell me. All the kids. Oh god. The teacher said. Did they just like shove you out and there you go. Oh it felt like it to me. They stepped the by the fire. Goes, right everybody today is a snow day um, for every school in Nottingham except for you and kids go Ugh. you can hear it. Kids are yeah. brilliant. Because you're always like, on the radio, aren't you? Because you hear on the radio, don't you? Like Nottingham schools and all that stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, so get the announcements right. So the kids are like, oh, you know, disappointed to be in school. And the teacher's <laughs> like, but this is very important. You're one day ahead of everybody else in education. You've got one more day than everybody else has. So I don't want to see any messing around, you know. Bollocks to that. Most of it. I know, that would have been Yeah, bollocks to that, I'd have been like, fuck off. Yeah. I want to go home and play in the snow. And then she goes, and especially, today's a great day. Because we've got Georgina Wilding in to do poetry with you and the whole room went 
<laughs> louder than they did for the snow day. Oh my god. And I had to get up. Thankfully, at the time, I was yeah. a little less shy about myself than I am now. And yeah. I was running up and down the hall, getting the kids stamping their feet and like That's shouting cool. out words to do a collaborative poem there and then. Mm. I just had to hit it full speed ahead yeah, to be got... like, poetry isn't boring, it's not full of stiffs, you can write it, anyone can write it, mm. let's fucking go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's that. And, so it was a good, and it was a good reaction? Yeah, it was great. Everyone it loved great. it. We read the poem out at the end of the assembly, what we sort of made together, and they mm. loved it. And then when everyone broke up in smaller groups to come and do the workshops, we a great exercise to get people writing about home for them. Yep. So I'd show them some different examples of, of famous, quote-unquote famous poets reading poems about home and we'd show them slam poetry and show them a little bit of rap and show how the two interlink yeah. um, and then get them writing and thankfully it was great but when you're doing that week in week out and you constantly have to win people over before you can even start teaching yeah. it does get difficult I can imagine yeah because like yeah like you've met with like but that must be satisfying yeah like having turned that around you're walking away like with a smile on your face 100%. like feeling fulfilled and like yeah. but at the same time does that does the thought come like because say like when I always use football analogy. Sorry, like, when like a football manager says that when they win a game, they're like, you know, "We can't really celebrate this one for too long because mm-hmm. then we've got like, especially like a struggling team, mm-hmm. like my team, Crystal Palace, for example. Like <laughs> so you can't like you, we, when we win a game, like we can't really celebrate it too long because yeah, then next week we're like, but is that is that a kind of similar? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you build up, then you're not down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's the same as well, just as a writer in general, because you're constantly right uh, submitting to jur- literary journals competitions like the name of the game is you get your name in as many we get your work in as many literary journals as possible ready for when you then want to go and publish your first book because the publisher is more likely to accept you yeah and that's full of rejections i've had two rejections this week alone oh so they don't look at the name they look at the, the oh, work at yeah, all like 100%. say because they wouldn't they like obviously the first thing that comes up your name like Georgina Wilding, mm-hmm. Nottingham's like poet laureate. Like. Yeah, not bothered. If the work doesn't suit, you don't get in. Oh wow, that's, that's incredible. That's publishers. Yes, yeah, that's incredible. That's the publishing industry. Because you would have thought, but you would have thought that would have worked maybe for like some the one like who is a lot more, like I don't know because being a poet laureate is a is a big thing. It's a big deal. Yeah. And like you would have thought people would jump to, on that, but like they'll give you know we're picking on Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> yes. They would give her a book within, like you know, yeah, like that. Which but she won't even write, by the way. No, ghostwriters, we all know that. <laughs> Bitch. Yeah, <laughs> no. Fuck off. Eat some um, bread. <laughs> but you know what? That's like you're touching. You're touching on something that's so just will forever be a conversation around poetry, and that is, as a poet laureate, you're obviously performing a lot. Yeah. So some people will call you a spoken word poet. Or a performance uh-huh. poet. Yeah. And the publishing world, stereotypically, perhaps in the past, not so much now, mm. think spoken word poetry is a pile of steamy shit. <sighs> so they might see Poet Laureate and mm. think, mm, oh, she's not going to be able to write on the page. Because oh, wow. people, for example, there's an incredibly famous poet called Lem Sisse. He's all over the TV. He's mm. the uh, Chancellor of Manchester Uni. He wrote the poems for the Olympic. I mean, he's just, his CV is as long as, like, this entire road. Yeah. Um, and critics have said about him in the past, well, his poetry is a pile of shit. He's just famous and a famous poet because he's charismatic. Yeah. Now, obviously, that's not true. Mm. However, he is charismatic. So, of course, on the stage, he yeah. absolutely lights the room up. Yeah. Um, but it, it's it's a real, like, topic of division and conversation. You know, some people think spoken word is, like, the entryway into poetry, mm. which... Is it true? Is it offensive? I mean, both things, I think, are true. 
that's crazy that someone could look at like someone who writes poetry for a living yeah like, that's what they do that's what they're paid for mm-hmm. and they think the first thing they think of like oh they wouldn't be able to fucking write anything on a page yeah yeah like that's like that yeah. to me that's backwards yeah and that's the sort of natural thing to think yeah. like that's I mean, it's that's great that's skill set, is yeah. that a kind of because of most companies like they're going to look to like how can we make more because surely mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. your man you just mentioned yeah if they want to book like probably they don't really care about who he is they just know that he's going to bring the people sell, in. he's yeah. going to sell and like mm-hmm. but that's, that's 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 strange to me that people would just think like this is a professional poet yeah for x amount of years he's done this 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 and that mm-hmm. oh he can't fucking write yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's, honestly it's, it's mad it's mad yeah, sure. it's maddening definitely yeah 100 that's crazy man i know but it is a different skill set because I think we were talking about earlier with spoken word poets. You, um, well, when you're when you're writing specifically for a performance, you kind of have to consider that if you say something that makes the audience go, "Oh, what?" and take a second to think about it, you're already three, four lines ahead of them. Yeah, yeah. And they've missed it and now they're lost. Mm. So you have to you have to communicate not only with uh, specific imagery with clear narrative yeah. with descriptions that are yes creative but also accessible yeah. to an extent you've also got to communicate with your body you've got to move around the stage yeah you know you, it's all of it it's all of it that you that you, you have to consider so that's a huge skill set and sometimes when it comes to writing on the page you can be much more abstract mm. you can you can use layer upon layer of metaphor because the reader can sit with it Mm-hmm. digest it and be like oh i wonder if this is this though and you know two different people can read it and and get a completely different meaning from it yeah and that's the beauty of page which sometimes isn't the case with stage mm-hmm. because you haven't got the luxury of time yeah you've got, got like a... a minute two minutes yeah you know that's funny you mentioned like because i remember what I meant what i remember about jonathan agard the most was his animation he's all over the gaff yes. like he been, and he was brilliant everyone loved him mm-hmm. like just his, his motions and his movements mm-hmm. just funny yeah. so, so it, it's hard to, it, like, this is educational for me as well because mm-hmm. you don't like you never think of all these different things that go into poetry but when you mention them mm-hmm. it's obvious yeah. it's, it's, it's that you feel a bit kind of ignorant for, for not no, thinking about yeah, it not but, yeah. at all not at all people think a poem just arrives on the page what is, what, the, uh, this is another question I had like, what is the funniest thing or like the thing you kind of eye roll at the most when someone asks you, mm-hmm. like when when you say to, when when so, when you reply to someone like, what do you do? Like, oh, I'm a, I'm a poet. Yeah. What is the funniest? What is the kind of like most eye rolling thing when people respond to that? Like, do people's eyes? But because, what's the one thing you go like? The, oh, thing, that people, sake, the like, thing that most gets said when you say that you're a poet is people go, "Ooh, she's a poet and she didn't know it." <laughs> just think, oh my god, I'm gonna die. That was <laughs> I was gonna put in my uh, intro is that she's a poet. She does know it. <laughs> but then I would pre-record I pre-recorded thing. did that to me, so you wouldn't be the first. Oh well, you know. You wouldn't be the first. But I I I, I refrain from it because you know, a bit more bit more cultured than that, a bit more a bit more, you know, refrain. Of course, yeah. This is people who've listened to this podcast obviously know that. Um but like oh, this God. is it does people just say like oh, give us a rhyme? <laughs> so I just they well, just say that all the time as well. Yeah. BBC for a couple of seconds to um, help promote Nottingham Poetry Festival and without any warning they've had some weird segment on trying to find words that rhymed with orange and they asked me live on air and obviously that's I a, couldn't think of a single fucking thing that's a, it was awful that's just funny that's, that's, so and that's annoying. also like a category yeah. in like right, the rhyme time in like Ring of Fire oh, like when oh. someone says orange it's like fuck off like yeah, game over exactly. like 
Oh, mate, oh, like, they threw under the bus there. Yeah, yeah, you know, the BBC. Bad. Yeah, that's just a bit. It's just, it's just not on. Yeah. <laughs> Out of all the things the BBC's done. Oh, <laughs> just, yeah, that's it. That's, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I will stop for now and then I'll come back because I need to go for a piss. Okay. <laughs> just, we'll take a break. This is this is this is not an edited podcast. Yeah, <laughs> just, right. We'll be back right. in just a, we'll be back in just a second. We'll talk about more about poetry. <laughs> blah blah blah. And we're back. Sorry about that. That's, uh, that's uh, I. Anyone who knows me, I just uh, profusely apologise for anything. Like, oh, I think no. if you ran me over in your car, I'd apologise. Oh, for it. So, no. like, I'd probably Bless write. You. I'd probably write it off first, but then. <laughs> Then I apologise. I don't know why I'm acting like I'm not because I definitely am. But we need to <laughs> own our power. We do, yes, we do. But um, we talk. What were we talking about beforehand? Like before the. Um, we were talking about um, the quick spoken word versus page. And it's not very good. Not very good. Me saying what were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> what were we yeah, talking about? Breaking the flow. Yeah. But um, no, yeah, but um, that all sounds like your, your sort of journey from like sort of dropping out of university which is like I couldn't imagine like it's a scary thing mm-hmm. like and then you know going to those you know, workshops at the playhouse yeah. you know just paying your dues mm-hmm. almost mm-hmm. and then becoming poet laureate that's a great story and that's oh, it's, and there's the whole thing like I, I do have enough questions well, like because um, I know every because uh, it was oh, 2019 it was like St George's Day and yeah. you know on Market Square they have the um, big uh, yeah. uh, St George's Bye. flag mm-hmm. I remember going into work that day. I already saw like just fucking skinheads all about the place. So, like, <laughs> yeah. But in t- in Market Square, I like an I like a naked Market Square when it's just empty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like it when but when it's like say the man-made beach or like the yeah. other bars and that, it's, it's good. It's a good times. Mm-hmm. But I like to appreciate the whole view. It's really nice. Yeah. Um. But then remember like <laughs> whoever was in charge of this, and I'm not sure if you were, no, but like. Well, yeah. But like, oh, probably Nottingham City Council, but like, so the St George's flag. There was, I remember seeing a bloke on a horse oh. dressed as St George. But all the while, they're hanging around there in yeah. Market Square. But then there's the lady boys of Thailand. Yeah, and I thought that was like, that's a piece of genius, like, you know, placing for <laughs> yes, like, because they're literally like, oh, like St George. <laughs> and they see like a lady boy go past yes. them, like. But you weren't anything to do with that. No, no. I can't take any credit for that. I wish I could. That piece no, of that piece of genius, really. yeah. No. <laughs> piece of clever programming. No, but that's yeah. No. <laughs> also, as well, because you're from Nottingham and like proudly from Nottingham, like mm-hmm. you've you know, I don't think even if they weren't commissioned, you'd write those poems anyway. Yeah. What is it? Because I've I've lived here for on and off for about four years and mm-hmm. fallen in love with the city. I love this place. Mm-hmm. Like I. See, I see it for what it is. It's a brilliant place. It's obviously it's, it's got great, and it's flawed, like we said. Yeah. I quite. What do? You, what is it that people don't like get about Nottingham though? Because, mm. in the sense that everyone always talks about Liverpool, mm-hmm. London, Manchester, Glasgow, and to right, like even places like Brighton. Mm-hmm. But no one ever mentions Nottingham. But I, I, I but it's, it's part of me, I quite like that though. Yeah, we're the underdog. Yeah, I we're quite the like that. And we don't like to shout about our accomplishments. Yeah. And about our history and what we've got to celebrate. Well, if you meet a forest fan after a few drinks, they'll oh, talk yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they'll talk about. Yeah, <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll talk about the Related European. About 50, <laughs> they'll talk, hell, they'll right? talk about the European yes. cup. Yeah. Yes, I know that. No, yeah, I think I think it's that people don't hear much of, apart from when we went for that horrible stage uh, in the press where people were talking about all the stabbings. And yeah, yeah. It was horrendous. Um, but people don't hear about Nottingham because I don't think that we celebrate our heroes very much, mm. very loudly. And uh, part of my period with um, Nottingham City of Literature was also to work to 
celebrate and share the fact that we are part of the UNESCO cities, yeah. which is an amazing title to have. And not every city does yeah. that. You can have cities of music, cities of, you know, whatever. culture. Yeah. Um, explain explain that the UNESCO. What is what is UNESCO? Sorry. So UNESCO is like um, it's like a charity almost charity a charitable board, mm-hmm. and they delegate you a title based on what you've already been doing in your city. Ah. So your city already has to have a, pr- a prestigious kind of history mm. behind it um, in whatever thing that you want to apply for. So music, art, whatever. Yeah. Um, literature in our case. Um, and once you're delegated that title, it's not that you receive money for it, but you receive the kind of, I don't know, it's like a status. Yeah, kind of like a, a, a celebration that stamp of approval. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then off the back of that, you're then able as a city to get, you know, different kinds of funding to yeah. different projects to support your title. So literature for us, obviously. Um not only that, mm-hmm. it opens you up to the network. Last time I checked, there were 36 different cities of literature. Oh, wow. Right? Across Europe. And... Across Europe, it's not just is like... It's across Europe, or is it across the world? Do you know we'll what? Say across, it might be across the world. We'll say though. across the world. It's more impressive. Yeah, not across a, the world. Not a big deal. Um, across the, across the universe. Damn. I need to travel. Yeah, and so you're, you then benefit from that partnership, and mm. you've got that... Uh, collaboration set up between different cities so when I was performing in Poland uh, a couple of years ago I actually got to live in Poland for two months on a funded writer's residency that's class because we were part of this UNESCO network yeah right so a lot of people don't know about it don't know that they have access to it they don't Mm. know the opportunities that it brings to the city so part of my um, role was to kind of celebrate that and celebrate Nottingham and try to be one of the voices that mm. shouts about you know some of the things that we have to celebrate and yeah, yeah. look at all the festivals we have it's not just Nottingham Poetry Festival we have Hockley Hustle we have I mean off the back of that they have the Green Hustle they have the Young Hustlers mm. there's Font I think which is another kind of literature festival there's so much there's, there's loads there's the Street Art Festival yeah I mean there's so much going on here and it's- we just Think of all the creative people that have come from this city as well, like just not just like East Midlands in general. Like mm-hmm. just you talk about Vicky McClure, obviously exactly. Line of Duty, yeah. um, Joe Dempsey, mm-hmm. who's in Game of Thrones. Yes, <laughs> clicked for like the first time. Well? Is it Bella, the young girl? Did you went to TV Workshop? I think so. Yeah, I'm. Is, is it? Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I'm I sure but it is. who was the who was in this England? She 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 got off with the young lad. Oh, the first one. Um, her name in This Is England was Smell. I, I wa- saw her in a club once. I walked past her the other week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I kind of, I swear that's her. I walked yes. past Vicky McClure once. Oh my God. And I was literally like, oh, Vicky McClure. This is before I watched Line of Duty. Oh, but like, um, I've always, I've messaged her as well to get on the podcast. So Definitely yeah, yeah. go for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But she, she'll, she, well, she's got like, she'll, I've probably been untouched for a while. <laughs> Fingers crossed. But like, yeah, think of that. Obviously, as well, like sporting, like we've obviously talked about Carl Froch, yeah. Torblin D, Lee mm-hmm. Westwood, mm-hmm. Um, Rally Bicycles as well. Mm-hmm. Is it Rally Bicycles? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Boots. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, the number so seven. <laughs> Just... It's crazy. We had Byron, which Ada Lovelace, who was mm-hmm. like one of the founding people, first woman, to help to make computers what they are now. I mean, yeah. She, she was the first person in kind of coding mm. that 
that she took computers from what they were, which was basically like the calculator. Yeah. And, you know, theorised the mm. possibilities of what they could be. And, and, and now here we are. Mm. Uh, there's, so, there's so many. There's so Batman many. lived here. He yeah, lived at Woolerton Hall. I've, <laughs> just, I've got the image just, of just, um, <laughs> What's his name? On the wall in Beeston, the fashion guy with the stripes. Why have I forgotten? I know the wall. I don't know the guy. What's his Oh, is it Paul Smith? Yeah. Paul Smith, yeah. I think. Paul Smith tight jeans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's just so many. There's so many that my mind starts to go blank. Yeah. I'm still tired. Not to mention... The founder of Nottingham Poetry Festival is Henry Normal, who wrote the TV programme Royal Family. He wrote episodes of um, Red Dwarf. I didn't know he that. He set up the production company, company Baby Cow Productions. But, like, oh, yeah, yeah. He is a Nottingham gem. They did, like, yeah, like Mighty Boot. Yeah, yeah. Mighty Boot, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Nottingham has sick talent. It's a lot going for it. And, like, and also, like, just... In terms of like, I remember they like, Matt Ford comedian as well as loads of loads of other people. But yeah. like, um, it's the perfect blend of like the sort of modern and the sort of like old fashioned as well. Like when you walk through town, you walk through like place like Hockley's like a real uh, like culture hub. Culture hub, yeah. Like um, just everywhere you go in the city, I think it's just it's just a great place. And it like, is. I love living here. I love the this place. It's a fucking it's great so night out. out. I can't wait to go back. To, I can't wait to go back to Bunker. It's called right. Walrus now. Cheers. Cheers to that, Cheers yeah. To that. I'll have to get another drink in a second. I can't wait to go back to Bunker, Bodega, mm. fucking, where, Rock City. Oh, God, yes. I love beer keller. Oh, yeah. Even though beer keller's like a, rev, revs to Cuba as well. Revs to Cuba. A bit like, kind of on and off revs to Cuba, because like. I've overdone it. I've overdone it. Have you never done it? I've overdone it. You've overdone Rev. Cuba. Oh, it. I've done yeah. it too much and now I'm like, meh. Well, Connor loves it. Connor obviously the podcast, he absolutely loves it. Yeah. But like, the, I love, because I love Walrus because they literally play my sort of music, like nice. banger after banger after banger. I've been like Walrus, I don't think. I've, it's, it's pretty much the same. Okay. It's just, it's, they've not done anything to it, it's just changed mm-hmm. the name. Mm-hmm. But like, I remember, oh, this is, this is a funny story. But like, went in there, because I'm, I'm the sort of person, <laughs> I'm sort of out when like here, because our mates back home, when we, um, when Mr. Brightside came on. Yeah. We all took our tops off. Oh, amazing! And so, um, <laughs> my birthday once, my ex-girlfriend at the time, like they knew me because we used to go to bunker quite a lot, mm-hmm. and it was like a lot of people come up to Nottingham for my birthday, and I was absolutely battered, like I was absolutely smashed. <laughs> oh my God. And like they, they said, like if he takes his top off, he's out straight away. Yeah. And that's like to me, that's hilarious. They knew me for they the take. <laughs> and apparently, and she was like, if you take your top off, like because she was like, she was like grabbing my face. You know when like someone's really drunk, they're like, she's yeah. like, just listen to me now. Like if so, you, yeah. if you take your top off. Yeah. They will kick you out, and yeah. I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, wow. I, I was like, I love you. <laughs> I, was, I was like, yeah, 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 cool. Oh, and then wow. like, um, get in there. Apparently, like, woo! <laughs> Take my top <laughs> straight. Like, yeah. But oh. we stayed in there. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, they took pity on you. Someone must have said it was my birthday. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like just like woo. Oh. Just, but the bars, yeah, the bar is a great night out. It's yeah. a brilliant. It's, it's gonna be like that first like. It just even on this road like Mansfield Road, mm-hmm. like in Sherwood, yeah. It's just a it's, it's kind of like culture hub as well because yeah, it is. it's so many pockets. It's so many like great bars and pubs and like shops and like there's the new vegan butchers as well, which is like yeah. a massive hit with people. Yeah, yeah. Like loads of stuff. Rickshaw. Rickshaw. Oh I've not had that yet. All the awards. I've not had that yet. Heard it's banging. Yeah. So good. And there's so good. just oh, it's just brilliant. It's like, but I love the sort of blend of like kind of scummy and like yes. it's just I, it's I love real. that it's real yeah it's, it's just it's what you want from 
people yeah. from humans. Like we, the best people are flawed, isn't it? Villanelle. Our lo- yeah, Villanelle. <laughs> our local pub, me, where me and Connor go, um, uh, the Sherwoods down the road, mm-hmm. and it's like, I, I love it. It's just like, because obviously everyone's drinking outside now. They've yeah. kind of converted the car park oh, cool. to like, well, it's not really converted, they just put chairs out there. Yeah. <laughs> They've, um, uh, but like, it's a proper old school pub, but I lo- that's what Which I love. Is it? It's on, oh, I'm trying to think, it's, it's like basically, it's next to like, Well, it's, it's, it's the show, but it's on Mansfield I'm Road. I'm trying to think of the strip, but I can't. I'm trying to think of like. It's up. It's basically a few mm-hmm. hundred, of, like say, ten yard, like twenty yards, like north of Crafty Teller. Okay, the one at the top of the hill. No, no, that's the Sherwood Manor. That's Sherwood Manor. No, other way, towards town. Towards town. So you're going down. No, 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 no. It's like basically it's opposite. Um, oh, where's it opposite? It's opposite fucking. I see, we've not been enough. It's been too long. This, this is great content for everyone. <laughs> we're like, yeah, yeah, where is it? Where is it? Listen, anyway. we'll go and film an episode, but the ba- record an episode in that pub. But the barmaid, she was like, this was seamless. This was perfect. Right. And like, she took our order. She was on her phone. Yeah. Same again, lads. And we were like, yeah, yeah, yeah thank you. And so she was like, yeah, cool. She was like, just chatting away. Yeah. And like, I was thinking, that's just funny anyway. She came back, we ordered to Crisp as well. Yeah. She was like, yeah, she was on. She came back out, pints in hand, she's still on the phone. Oh and she just says, yeah, 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 there you go, lads. And then like, where's the Christmas? She's like, there you go. Oh, <laughs> it was seamless. On like, one motion, we were like, this is, right. this is brilliant. She's like, been just... working 24-7, hasn't she? Yeah, 100%. she's... But she was like, but she's a sort of barmaid, like, because like, she knows everyone. Yeah. And like, I think her mum's the landlady. Oh, cool. Her mum looks like perpetually pissed off oh. like she's enraged she's, so she's walking around like fucking yeah. bastard <laughs> just really like I that. couldn't work host- hospitality no way I, I couldn't say hostility then hostility that's a good that's a good slip isn't it I couldn't work I used to work but have you worked pubs and stuff no I you never worked a pub yeah, no, oh wow no uh, retail to me is like uh, that like probably pubs are like to you like yeah. it's just the worst nightmare I mean it was bad yeah, yeah. But I just thought there's no way I can't be asked with people shouting at me because I've got yeah. too much lime in their drink oh mate like pub, pubs for me like because I remember I worked at um, Lion in Basement oh my favourite place great spot I brilliant that spot that was like the best I think that's like, that was one of the best pubs in the city hands down that's dog friendly before, before yeah before Covid there's like live music from Thursday to Sunday mm-hmm. open mic band on Friday band on Saturday jazz club Sunday yeah sick food's sick great beer garden yeah. great beer it's just a brilliant place that's what I wouldn't pick out but wow. <laughs> you, like, you think I'm going for that oh my god onion rings yes that's my if you wanted to take me or if somebody wanted to take me on a date I would say pie onion rings <laughs> and salt so, what what's the what's the pint? What's the lager? Um, I'm not fussy you know, I'll try you know, fussy? anything. I don't yeah. have a favourite. No, Fair enough. if it was cocktails, I'd say margarita or mojito. Margarita mojito. Yeah, hands down. Very good. But beers, lagers, no, I'll take yeah. that. Yeah, oh, well, we're drinking Moretti anyway, so yeah, it's just good. Yeah. But um, I was saying the, but that was I remember like working on a bar for me kind of gave you a bit of like, especially if you work like at night, yeah, in a busy place like that mm-hmm. or like wherever, because I worked at a local club as well back home. Mm-hmm. It kind of gives you free range to be a bit of a dickhead. Yeah. Because they're being dickheads to you. Like, I remember this woman just shouting, Bass. She's like, Bass! In my face. I was like, Bind to Bass! I was like, if you talk to me like that, it's like, I'm not fucking serving yeah, you. Like, and you can just, like, I think, I don't know, it just gives you free range to be a bit of a dickhead. Which is Which because I, w- it builds your confidence, though, to be able to stand yeah. up for yourself, which mm. is the opposite in retail. Mm. You cannot. 
yeah, the customer's oh, always right. Yeah, You've oh got God. to do it. Yeah, you like... have to learn how to control your temper and say, okay, let me look at that for you, mm. which is a great lesson in itself, but then it, yeah. just, it strangles you for the rest of your life. You're you walk around like... non-confrontational. Yeah, yeah. You walk in the back. I think we've got something in the back. It's never in the yeah, back. Yeah, <laughs> in the back, you're like smashing it's never like in the back. boxes. Yeah. Like, yeah. I heard that when I, when I went to Tesco. I went to one of the big Tescos. Mm-hmm. And you go in the back, because oh, is there anything? It's like, yeah, I'll go in the back, yeah. I'll go in the back of like... Fuck. <laughs> just yeah. like where is it like yeah it's not happening but you see all the, you see all the weird people at the back yeah. <laughs> but um no pubs like for me like because the lion I love that place mm-hmm. and it's it, we went there a couple of weeks ago but mm-hmm. it was like obviously it was everyone's outside but mm-hmm. I'd love for it to be normal again yeah because I know like my, my dad especially says he says like, he, he likes going to the pub, but like it doesn't feel normal. Yeah, it's not going to feel normal for a while, and but it, it does because you always like the kind of, especially if you're on a Friday night, it's like the hustle and bustle, and like especially in town, and like mm-hmm. that won't be like it for a while, would it? Mm-hmm. But yeah. well, except the thing when the Mind year you, the day after day beer garden was fucking brilliant. Yeah, they had a DJ outside, they had heat lamps. Mm. Obviously, you order on the app, it was really good. I love that. That was the closest thing to a night out I have felt. Yeah, mm. definitely. There's times where I felt normal. We went to. Be, we went to see Baseford FC mm. like before the whole big lockdown. That was in the night before the lockdown. Mm. That was funny as well because we went to the club lounge afterwards. Oh, God. So mate was like refereeing or something like that. So we mm-hmm. got three tickets. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, not a big deal, Baseford. <laughs> but um, <laughs> this guy was running the bar. He literally just gave us curry and bread. He goes, just in case the coppers come. Oh, <laughs> just so we serve food, just in case the coppers come. Yeah. What a legend. But that was like, there was 300 people there and that mm. felt so normal. That was just really good to like a nice afternoon. Yeah. Everyone was sticking to the restrictions. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was perfect. Like those sort of, the, but they're like one and up, but yeah, when everyone's had a few drinks. June 21st, can you see it happening? Can you no, see like... No, Well, we've already got the Indian variant in oh, afternoon. Oh, fuck. So, you know. Oh. If, they don't, if they don't contain that, we won't be opening. We'll be going back to full lockdown. I'm good. Oh, fuck. Easy. Yeah. <laughs> it's just I know. Like, I, know. I know. So let's enjoy the social... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like we're, we're face to face. It's not yeah. instead of Zoom. Yeah. But yeah. it's just... Oh, God. I, I don't think I could deal with it. Like, I don't think this, like, especially this city, like, because when we said mentioned earlier, from like October yeah. to now, mm. only this month they've mm. been able to get out and go to like socialise and stuff. I know. It's, uh, but that's only a small part of it as well. Yeah. There's just like the theatres aren't open. Mm-hmm. Like, like Theatre Royale just looks like a bit of a, it's like, I know, it's so cold, It is quite sad. Because like, that's like a, that's an iconic, iconic building in the centre of town as well. 100%, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that brings so many people into the city, doesn't it? Like, mm. That's what you've got to think about. <clears throat> it, is, it is terrifying. But you know what? It wouldn't surprise me if June twenty first didn't happen. Look Pos- at the year we've had. Positive thoughts only. I know, yeah. All yeah. Right. Except well, if you, pe- pe- except hope. if you're having a COVID test, negative <laughs> thoughts only. Yeah, yeah obviously, positive thoughts yeah. for every everything else. But if you're having a COVID yeah. test, okay. have you had the vaccine yet? No. No, never. Never have I. No. I don't. It's not come to our age group yet. I don't. But I I hear people of like of our age group who've had it. And I was like, how? How the fuck have you had it? And like I was, Harris, vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. Or if they're fake, they've got asthma. <laughs> it's just, I know my. Um, oh, of course you do, idiot! Because it. Like, <laughs> what a stupid question! Yeah, if you've had asthma, like so I remember, like I when I heard that, I I instantly thought of like my old PE teacher yeah. who thought asthma was just an excuse for fat kids. <laughs> like, oh, you thought it was, oh yeah, you couldn't do that. Dick. You couldn't do that now. Yeah, no. you couldn't do that. Now. No, well because we have. 
education and science. But even like, he's just like... I don't know, you probably had it then. He was, he was just ignorant. He's proper old school. He was just, he was just like, I'm just for fuck. Oh, <laughs> I can't be arsed. Get away. No, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> These people drive me mad. No, just yeah. Just because it doesn't suit their version of reality, it's yeah. therefore not real. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Okay. But that was, I, well, that was like 2004, 2005 when mm-hmm. I was in school, so... Not just those years. <laughs> Two years of school. Two years out. of school. That's yeah. It, sort yeah. Of done. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Like, thanks very much for coming on. This um, unless you want to kind of chat about anything else, no, because I feel like we, I feel like we can chat for hours. So yes, it's, been, it's, it's dangerous, been, isn't it? Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Like, no, it's been a pleasure. A few thank beers you. down, but yeah, thanks very much for coming. And obviously, appreciate your time. Obviously, the circumstances. Like, yeah. obviously, you've got a performance tomorrow, haven't you? So yeah. So yeah, where, where can well are people on Zoom for that or are they? Well, it's a recording, so I've got to perform two videos. It's going to be polished up and released soon. Yes, I don't know when that is, but uh, okay. you'll see it shortly. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like, and you've got obviously the exciting news about the book as well. But like, yes. well, that's that's all to come. And yeah, but... lots to come. Writing manuscript is nearly there. Mm. Nearly there. I'm aiming for August. Mm. So we'll oh, see. Fantastic. Is the sun su- finally starting to come up? for you like after this sort of COVID nightmare in terms of your industry yeah. and like you personally as well like with... well I'm working on a commission mm-hmm. right now yeah um, my second in the last year which obviously compared to the years before is appalling yeah but glad to be doing it so mm-hmm. it's better than none and I've been teaching oh fantastic so that's been great so it's starting to open up a little now which yeah is, which is nice yeah so looking forward to the rest that's good that's brilliant and like just well and where do we find you now? Obviously, like you've been through the ringer, like it's just a happy place now as well. Yeah, like, in terms oh my of God. Just, definitely, yeah. 100%. Yeah, it's been, I've actually moved to Grantham midway through lockdown one, and luckily it's only like 40 minutes in a straight yeah. line to Nottingham. It is, yeah. But it feels a world away. It's all countryside. It does, you know, yeah. The town centre's a bit crap, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you've been spoiled in Nottingham, you know. Yeah. You know, there's everything here, isn't there? Um, but yeah, the countryside is amazing, and that's been really nice for me to kind of just, I don't know, immerse myself in something that's slower paced. Mm. Um, so it's been, yeah, a real pleasure, thank God. Turns the volume down a lot. Yeah, like, turns the noise off. Yeah, I had, a, I had a month back home just recently at mm. my mum's house and that's in the countryside and it's just like, the quiet, that just literally, yeah. it's so quiet and it's just, yeah. Something you realise that you're important. And yeah. Like, everything else is less important yeah and i don't mean that in an obnoxious way i mean like your mental health yeah you have to you have to be selfish with it a lot yeah so that helped me big time because i went for a bit of a shit patch and stuff so but yeah that's but that's that's what happens then and it's like um i was surprised i didn't say sorry then (laughs) i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry sorry. no yeah no but it's like i I totally understand like the countryside thing because it's just yeah turns the volume down completely and like you've seen where I live it's just like it's Corrie yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just pretty yeah. much this wasn't, that, was, that was me this is, this is what I moved from pretty yeah, much yeah. so you know it has its benefits of course but mm. it just, just feels like after the year we've had it's nice to be living somewhere that you can go on a walk for like four hours and not see the same thing exactly you know? yeah you can just completely switch off because mm. I'm sick of walking around with Port Park yeah. I'm absolutely sick to death of it yeah it's we just need, like, yeah. yeah, we need more green spaces. So yeah, definitely. it's just Woolerton Park is great sort of treat. Mm-hmm. Maybe Gedling as well. Mm-hmm. Further, I cycled to Lamley. Oh, 
Lamley's, Lamley's gorgeous. Yeah, it is. It's such a lovely place. It's, it's like really cottagey, isn't yeah, it? Like yeah, like you'd love to live there. Like, because yeah. I know Connor's nan used to live there and he used to go there when he was a kid. Mm. I was like, this must be fucking sick when it's you were really... a kid. Like, it's just like, because you can go to these back roads. Mm-hmm. It's lovely. Yeah. And the pubs are great. Yeah. Some people have got it all. Yeah, fucking. <laughs> Lamley's the dream. Yeah. Lamley's the dream. That's, That's what we're pushing for. That's where we've been. That's what we're we'll pushing for. We'll do another for. episode in 10 years. Yeah. We're both living in Lamley. Lamley, yeah. We will be, yeah. We'll be sitting on our pile of money. Yes. Exactly, yeah. in our cottage houses, 100%. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, that brings it to an end, this this podcast. Obviously, thank you so much for coming. I appreciate your time. Um, uh, and yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have you on again at some point as well. It's been it's been an absolute pleasure. But like, glad to hear as well, you've like, obviously the shit with COVID and like, mm-hmm. you know, come out good in the end and you're getting work again. It's just, yeah, and you're in a, you're a good, happy place as well. Thank you. But yeah. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank, thank you, you very much. Me. But yeah, that brings it to an end. Um, thanks very much for listening, guys. I um, hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Um, uh, keep listening like and subscribe to the uh, social media Facebook Instagram not Twitter I've not got Twitter because it's a cesspit of shite Um, uh, Spotify and SoundCloud follow Faster Passer as well proud sponsors of the podcast Rando Knots um, uh, thank for all the logos big news coming on with another segment of the podcast as well very soon Um, but yeah thanks very much look after yourself keep smiling and take care thanks bye